All right, welcome to the Finding Faith podcast, and I'm here with uh, one of my good friends. Met you back in Indianapolis, um, <laughs> and how did it even start? Do you remember how did we first meet each other? Oh, I remember now. I'm gonna let you say it though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put. It I feel on like you. it could have been the. I feel like it could have been the pool. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. And then, like somehow we heard Salesforce connection, and then became bros from that point. But yeah. I'm pretty sure it was the pool. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yep. Is that what it was? Yep, that's exactly what it was. So I met you. Technically, I met you the day before I officially met you because I went to the pool and I was laying out by myself and you were talking to some other dude and I saw that hat, the Salesforce hat on you. And I'm like, wait a second, this this guy works at Salesforce too. And I didn't know anybody at times. So I was way too uh way too scared to even go up to you. But that was the first day I met you. What <laughs> a tool. Just wearing a Salesforce hat. <laughs> this dude is so cool. I'm too scared to talk to him. Yeah, so that's that's how I met you. Zach, how are you doing? Zach Baker, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. It's kind of my last week of unemployment from Salesforce after getting laid off. <laughs> um, so it's kind of getting back in the swing of things, mentally preparing to, you know, put my corporate shackles back on and work to nine to five. But other than that, it's a beautiful day here in Colorado, so can't complain. Speaking of Colorado, how did that go about really quick? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was. I think you and I had talked a few times about me just, like, not being happy in Indianapolis. And, you know, I came out here and visited you that one weekend went on a hike, and that really just kind of influenced my mindset of just what I wanted to do next. And then pretty quickly got that job with Salesforce, and within, like, a month of getting that offer, I basically – made the switch to Denver because I was in a remote setting and yep. yeah I mean brought my girlfriend and the dog with me but it was a, a pretty easy transition just was able to meet people and friends here really quickly but we're like what nine months in eight months in and it's been just an amazing experience you know what's really cool is so you mentioned that um when I was over in Colorado and you came to visit, kind of set your mind that this was the place that you wanted to go. And ironically, like a month after you came to visit, I was like, <laughs> I need to get out of here as soon yeah. as possible. Oh man. Things I do remember that. I remember the hike too, where you like, I wouldn't say almost died, but you were struggling. Oh and God. I just remember getting all the way to the top and like seeing these two girls walk by. And I think <laughs> if you see a guy with blue hair, which you had at the time, tell him he can do it and to keep going. And then like 20 minutes later, I just see blue hair coming up near the summit. <laughs> this mountain, I, I really thought you quit, so I'm proud of you. Dude, I, I wanted to quit, but I kept on going because <laughs> I was like, Zach, Zach, I can't let this guy down. I need to go. And you know what's even funnier, too, is uh, the two girls that you're referencing, they came to me. They're like, hey, wait a second. Uh, I was told to tell you from the guy at the top of the mountain that you can do it and don't give yeah. up. <laughs> I figured if anything was going to motivate you, it wasn't me at that point. It was going to be too... Two cute girls walking down the mountain who already finished it. Yeah. So I figured that was motivated. On top of it, they were already done, and here I am huffing and puffing, man. Oh, that was so fun. Um, all right, so so let, let's get down to it for a second. So tell us about yourself. Now you you already said that um you, you used to work for Salesforce. You're about to start a new job, and I do want to dive in that a little bit, but um just like tell us about yourself and, and who you are and like where you're from. Let's I know it's open ended, but that's kind of the point. Yeah, I'll kind of like start high level and then we can kind of get into the weeds if you have like more specific questions. But I think you know my story relatively well. You know, I grew up 
in a one stoplight town in mm-hmm. Ohio. And then like through my parents' divorce, I think is what transpired just like a lot of life experiences and things that kind of made me who I am today. But I think the one thing that kind of just sticks out through my childhood and just remembering is, you know, how much we struggled financially and just, you know, all the moving and watching my parents struggle so much, I think really just inspired me in a different way at like such a young age to just be like, I'm naturally motivated as a kid. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like my parents are the ones who like put pressure on me to like work hard or get good grades. It was just something that was like, built into me at a very young age but I think it transpired from like you know seeing my parents work you know 80 hours a week you know I remember in middle school like going to my mom's second job as a janitor and just sitting there and watching her cleaning these corporate buildings and kind of seeing the two different lifestyles of like I could be the dude in the BMW with and you know living the corporate life or I could be my mom like really struggling and you know those memories and those experiences I think kind of molded me and then you know through all of that you know I ended up moving back to Ohio living with my dad I think that was a huge life experience as well just you know I think you heard like the crazy stories of going a whole winter in the Midwest without a water heater and like warming water on the stove just to take a bath we're just like not even taking the bath because the water had actually froze that day and that was in high school right that was in high school yeah yeah so then you know halfway through my senior year you know I end up living by myself and I think all of that, like, it seems like it doesn't answer the question, but I think it just shows you kind of like who I am and how I became who I am. And I think for me, I don't come from like the typical background that many people like in my area of life or my friend groups that I have now came from, you know, I watched my brother go to prison, my uncle go to prison. And those things just kind of like shape you. They they change your perspective of life. And I've gone through like a lot of struggles, but I've also had a lot of crazy successes. And a lot of that comes from faith. And, you know, I believe, you know, God is a big part of that because there's just things in my life that I can't explain. Like, sure, I've worked hard, you know, I've done my best to, to be successful. But I think I've even told you some of just the crazy things in my life that have happened that you can't explain, you can't show like an example of something that I did that to have that type of blessing. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of how I ended up where I am. I've had a pretty crazy life. Um, you know, even with that story and my upbringing, you know, I've been to 58 countries and traveled a, t- a ton when I worked for Delta Airlines, you know, I've got my master's degree and I've done a lot of things that like most people from where I'm from haven't done. And it inspires me to like continue to do better. Honestly, I think you know me and how hard I am on myself. So yeah, yeah I think it's kind of me in a nutshell, you know, I'm a hard worker, but also very fun and extroverted. I love connecting people. I am pretty, you know, my faith is important, but I, like many people, it's been a roller coaster. It's full of ups and downs mm-hmm. and breaks from God and church. But at the end of the day, I think through the tough times, I think that's when I always come back to my faith and where I know like I'm deeply rooted in my faith and my upbringing. So, uh, yeah, that's me. Yeah. And I, I want to go over a few things. Um, one of the, one of the things that you first talked about was like how you, you saw, you saw both sides, you saw like the corporate lifestyle and then you saw how hard your mom worked and it kind of shaped you into who you are. And then you talked about how, um, you saw your, your brother, I believe, and you saw your uncle like go into prison and you, I, I always, or not always, but recently I've been thinking about like unlearning things or, or um, just breaking yeah. a cycle. And I feel like that was, that was you too. It was, um, Hey, like, 
unfortunately, this is a situation I, I've seen. I've seen my brother go to prison. I've seen my uncle to go to prison. Am I going to be um, another uh, another one in like that sample, or am I going to to like kind of rise above it and just decide like, hey, this is not something I want to partake in. I'm going to do something a little bit different. Yeah, and it's so weird. Like you talk to my parents, and like me, Zach, at six years old, like maybe like eight, I would say, I just started to realize that like things weren't easy. Mm. Like I saw my parents struggling, you know, I remember moving multiple times or just like struggling with, you know, we always had food on the table, but like, I remember mm. being on like reduced lunches and just being embarrassed, you know, watching my parents slave away. Like they've basically been factory workers their whole life. And then, you know, I have my sister, you know, dropped out of high school, had four kids mm. and like really, really struggled and, I think it was just a young age, like, I'm sure my parents definitely told me things like work hard, et cetera. They never, just never really put that pressure on me. But like, I, I feel like some people are just built different or, you know, it could have been God just kind of like putting this message or this vision in my head. But what I knew at a very young age, was like, I'm not going to struggle. Mm. And it, it was a blessing and a curse. You know, I am one of those people who like, it's never enough. Like I'm always kind of pushing myself for more, right. more money or a career. And I think that's something I am definitely learning about myself is like what motivated me as a kid is like, sometimes your motivations need to change. And like, I've already done the things, you know, I broke that cycle, but now I'm trying to figure out like what motivates me now because mm. It's like leading me down a path that I maybe don't want to pursue, which is great. Like, I think the whole Salesforce layoff was eye-opening as well. And it's just like, so I want to keep climbing this corporate ladder because like, what do I get out of that other than more money, which is kind of what drove, like, drove me for so many years of my life. But like, now I'm at a point where I don't think that's my purpose and what God has, all these things that God has done for me, like my purpose is not to be a vice president of some fortune 500 like i just i have no desire for that anymore so yeah that's been an interesting shift in my mindset recently do you mind if we dig into that a little bit so i um i it's funny because i was just talking to somebody about this and um she was super into like the enneagram thing and she was trying to figure out what i was and i think she's she thinks I'm a, uh, I'm a type three now. And I guess that is very like motivated by like, um, yeah, like success and stuff like that. Um, so I want to, I want to kind of pick your brain with this a little bit. So before I, I know you're a hard worker and I, I've known you for a couple of years now and I've seen like the things that you are willing to do in order to get to where you are. And I, um, it, it, it is so inspiring, like seeing that I want to know, or I'm curious if like, not if, but what, motivates you now are you still searching for that and you, you talked about spirituality and how um you you think like um it maybe it has to do with like your purpose or whatever it is but what shifted it and what is it now yeah i mean i think i think the hard work like it just reached a point where like i just didn't see where it was going anymore like i remember getting my mba and worked like through the evening program and I was working at Delta and like just grinding away for like two and a half years. I'm like, Oh, this is it. You know, I got my job at Salesforce. Like, and then it, like within like three weeks of being a Salesforce, you know, I was like, this isn't it. So then like, I just kept like chasing job after job, like title after title. And then like my last job, you know, you know how bad it was. Like I was miserable. Like I was about mm -hmm. to thought, like quit my job. I was working 60 hours a week. 
I was so stressed, like basically developed insomnia, mm-hmm. couldn't go to bed without some kind of sleeping pill. And like my last night of work or two nights before, actually, you and I both heard the Salesforce rumblings, you know, going around. It's all over the internet. It's inside. It's on Slack. And I remember just like being so miserable that I prayed that night and I was like, God, I don't know what my purpose is in life. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not making this up. Like, this really, really happened. Yep. Yep. Two nights before I get laid off. And I'm just like, I'm not crying, but I'm just such in a low place, like rock bottom. Like, yeah. I think that was my rock bottom of this stage of life. And I was like, this ain't it. Like, I'm working my life away. Sure, I wait for this gate company. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, like I said, two days later, I get laid off. Yep. And I've had these like two to three months of just like not working, you know, going on hikes, reading, like way too much reading, like, and just so much time to kind of like be in my head and just think about like what I really wanted to do next. And, you know, like we talked about, I do have another corporate job. Like I'm not saying corporate nine to five is not it. Like it pays bills to get things done, but it's no longer like my purpose or my vision. And I feel like what shifted was just hitting that low Mm -hmm. and having these two to three months to kind of reflect on my life. I'm like, how hard I've been pushing myself and for what, like what to get laid off, you know, like by a, via email, it's like w- working this hard and saving away for companies is really going to add no value to my life other than monetary. monetary. Like it, yep. I'm getting money. But other than that, like, what do you get from it? Like you're not changing lives with any kind of Salesforce technology or any tech out there. Like, sure. That's the message I'm going to tell people. And, Sure, my next company I go to, like, it's it's a food company. Like, I'm not changing lives, you know. I'm working hard. I do my part. But there's no way that is my purpose in life. And I'm not saying I figured it out yet, but I know I want to help people. You mm-hmm. know, I've always worked with kids and, like, being a big brother, again, with big brothers and big sisters. Like, that is where I I just get excited about it, mm-hmm. you know, helping people, whether that's youth or just people in general or teaching people. Like I haven't quite figured it out, you know, part of me, the young, like the aspiring me wants to figure it out now. Um, But I don't know what it is, but I know it's not like climbing that corporate ladder. It's not money because there's always going to be more money. And I make way more than I ever did when I was in my twenties, but like, (laughs) I'm not happier. Like I'm more comfortable. I don't worry about money, but it's not going to make me any happier. And I think maybe this layoff made me realize that. I think I was already right there close to the edge of realizing that, but you just need that extra um, push. Maybe. Yeah. I just needed to get laid off. You know, I think it's good for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, I remember you doing the, the big brother, um, thing in Indianapolis where you would have somebody that, uh, a kid that you would see and you would, you would help him out. And I thought, um, I thought that was really cool too. Um, I'm wondering now, so with your passion, how you said you, I mean, you're, you're getting out of that corporate lifestyle. Um, you're changing things up. You're, you're figuring out what, what it is that you want to do, man. I, I think about that too. And I, I've talked about this before too, where, um, it, when, when you go to work, I, I think most of the time, like your boss or your manager, or whatever it is, they, they ask you like, what is important to you? Like, what do you see yourself doing? Like, um, what is that you want to do? And I, I think most recently, I kind of shifted what I would say because before it was always, well, I want to, I want to work hard. I want to become like, I want to get promoted. I want to do this stuff. Like, and then (laughs) the last time that I had a talk with my manager about this, it was like, what do you want to do? Well, um, I'm, 
I consider myself a child of God. That's what's most important to me. So uh, I have a podcast that's super important. And I talk about my faith in God. I interview people about their faith in God and, and why they believe in God. And on top of it, I have my yeah. own clothing brand. And it's, uh, it's about um, um, uh, self-love and, and loving yourself and un- understanding that you have so much potential, more potential than you than you think you're even capable of. And I, I talked about the things that are not what you're necessarily supposed to talk about, but I feel like the, my manager respected it even more because it was like, okay, like, now I understand what motivates Nick. Now I see where he's coming from. So, yeah. so yes, he's going to give me his 100% when he's working, but he's also working for like a bigger purpose. And I think it's so important, especially for Christians to, um, to understand that, yes, it is important to be able to provide for your family, let's say. But also it's like at the end of the day, we're all children of God. And yeah. um, that that is the one thing that we, we are supposed to like really like truly be be striving towards. And um. I, I go to Passion City Church um, it, here in Atlanta, and Louis Giglio, who is like the the main pastor here, he uh, had a sermon and he uh, last week and he discussed how this life is just like a five second compared to eternity, what it's going to be um, mm-hmm. in, in the afterlife. And he said like there are certain things that you can do now that you can only do now and you cannot do when you when you die. And like one of those yeah. things is like spreading the word of God. He's like, so are you like these, these things that you do every day? Are you, are you doing the things that you can only be doing this one time in this, in, in this, this small second, this small five seconds that you have here on this earth? And it really makes you change your perspective. It really does, man. I mean, shout out to Passion City and Louie. I used to love that. Although I went to Buckhead. So oh, did you? I feel like they're like, yeah, I went there like rivals in church in Atlanta, but also like just two of the best churches. But no, I think that hits home, man. I mean, there is, especially like now, I'm mean, 32 years old. And it's like, you know, I'm not an old man yet. Like there are still so many things I can do, but it's a limited, it's finite, right? Like it, there is an end to just like being useful, being able, like extrovert, you know, going out and socializing and doing these things. And like you said, it's an opportunity to spread the word of God or it's an opportunity to just do things in this moment of life that like, you know, you won't be able to do forever. Like I don't have kids, but I know when that day comes, my priorities are going to change. Mm. It's like, what can I do? Like in this moment in my thirties without children that I can know I can't do, you know, maybe three or four years from now when that time takes place. And, definitely like that's i love that i haven't like thought of it that way before but um it is something i feel like i realized with so much time off recently of like how much time maybe i've just wasted on things Mm -hmm. and not like even watching tv or just reading useless books that maybe don't educate me like now i have like two christian books which like i used to do all the time i used to read francis chain and Francis Chan and like all these books that maybe helped me as a Christian mm-hmm. and then I just went like five years without it like it, it's like all I was reading was real estate or all these books about making money yep and it's like man I got nothing out of those books and it's like I, I feel like yeah I'm just kind of in this weird season of kind of flipping my gears back to my faith and prioritizing it but um no I do love that that's great Let's and let's talk about that. So you're, you're flipping your mindset and, and kind of leaning towards faith a little bit more now. So this the past couple months, let's say, where uh, you have done a little bit of soul searching. Like, what have you been doing, and what is, what has it been leading you towards? Yeah, I mean, it kind of gets back to like my earlier comment of like my relationship with God has been like a roller coaster. Right. It's just been like up and down, which is like every Christian. Like, I don't put a lot of 
pressure on myself. You know, I grew up in church with my dad, you know, going three days a week, like Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday. Then I moved with my mom and I was like out of church for years, like seven years and then back into it in high school and then took a really bad breakup in college to like bring me back to God. And then was on like this really good path for like four years, had like amazing men's Bible groups, was a volunteer at my church and was just like super into it, you know, wasn't going out and partying and drinking and just kind of prioritized my faith. And then it just seems like I go through these cycles of like hitting a rock bottom. Mm. And I think it shows like foundationally my faith is like always there. And sometimes I do lose sight of it. Um, but it took, you know, that tough work environment and like basically being depressed. And two days later, God's like, all right, well, here's your blessing. Like you went through this suffering and like, honestly, that layoff was the best thing in my life. And it kind of just brought me back to God of like looking through all the things like, yeah, that was a really tough season. And then God was like, you made it through. Here I am. I answered your prayer literally like two days before that. And I'm just like, and I haven't been, like, I really wasn't praying as much. Like we hadn't found the church yet in Denver, which I was really seeking. Um, Just, just not easy to find a church in Denver. Um, And it's like, everything just happened at once. And God was just like, here you go, man. Like you asked for it. You suffered. Like here is the blessing. And I'm kind of just trying to use that as a motivation to get back into it. Um, so what I've done, you know, we started going to a church here called Red Rocks, which is kind of like the Passion City or Buckhead Church of Denver. Oh. Um, we really, really love it. It's just like a great atmosphere. Joined a Bible study. Um, for me, you know, being alone with my own thoughts or trying to do faith or just Christianity or whatever you want to call that, putting an effort towards my faith. I can't do it alone. Like, it's just Mm -hmm. not possible. It's so much easier for me to go and just talk to other men and realize, like, they're struggling with lust or pornography or whatever else it is, money or careers. Like, just to talk to men who are struggling with the same things you are, but also bringing it back and centering it around your faith, I think, is really important. I think we all need it. Yes. Um, And then, yeah, I'm just kind of reading, like, right now, I'm reading a book called What If It's True? Um, by Chris, I think it's Charlie, Charles Martin, maybe just, just a book about like, what if everything God did or what's in the Bible is true, like all about Jesus and like, just kind of changing things, you know, but mainly going to church, reading again, getting in a men's group, just like prioritizing it, slotting time in my day that like, I am going to get in the word or mm. like reading every morning, you know, every Tuesday night meeting with the Bible study, like. I have to have things in place. Like I wish I was that Christian or that person that could just make my faith such an easy priority, but I have to like schedule it. That's just who I am. So no, and I yeah, think that's I think what I've been doing. Yeah, I think even understanding that too, and just being like, okay, like this is how I'm able to to increase my faith and stay true to my faith and 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 continue practicing and, and studying it and and trying to learn. So. Um, no, I think that's that's great. Um, also, when it comes to fellowship, uh, that is a hundred percent in the Bible, and it talks about that. And that's something that I've struggled with yeah. um, because I'm I'm in that that borderline. Because Passion City and I think Buckhead too, they have like the the youth groups for like men and uh, people like twenty five and under. But like the twenty nine years old for me has been kind of weird because I don't 
Yeah. I feel like I almost like don't belong in, in like, like the, the like super adult group or also like the youth, like yeah. the young adult group. So that's definitely been, um, hard for me. So it's really cool that you were able to find that in Colorado and let's go into Colorado a little bit too, because when I was there, that w- that was the thing that I noticed the most was my faith was diminishing significantly when I was in Colorado. Um, I remember mm-hmm. going on dating sites and, um, every time I would, I would match with someone, they would be like spiritual as, uh, as their like religion or like atheists or, or something yeah. like that. They just agnostic They're not necessarily being a Christian whatsoever. Um, and I, I looked at like the, the, I guess the demographics on in Colorado. And it was one of those things where, um, not a lot of people necessarily are Christians there. So, um, for me, it was really hard because I felt like at that time too, when I was very, um, easy easily influenced i would say by the people around me it was very hard for mm-hmm. me to to have a strong faith because it felt like i was the only one there so can you yeah. talk about how you were able to to find this church and and kind of the the journey i'm sure it was in order to figure out a church that that um resonated with you and what you were looking for yeah i think i mean you live in atlanta so you can relate of like just being in the south and it's specifically Atlanta, there are just like so many world known churches. Like you've got Ann Lee Stanley, you've got Luli Giglio who write all these books and have 20,000 people in their churches on a weekend. And it just felt so readily available. There was mm-hmm. men's groups, there were singles groups. There was just, if you were even somewhat interested of like making faith a priority or joining community, like Atlanta was it. It was so easy. Yep. And like I, I was in two men's groups over a period of almost six and a half years nonstop. In Atlanta? And like, it was like, yeah. Okay. Like, and I met them through these, they did like, I don't know, some kind of orchestrated night of just meeting other men who were trying to get in Bible study yep. kind of thing. Yep. Or men's small groups, I think is what they called them. And that was like easy. Like, and changed my life in Atlanta. Like I had those friends and it was easy. And just Atlanta being in the South, like being a Christian, like you're not a minority there. Like yep. everyone is almost Christian. It felt like, and if they were, you know, maybe they went to church, maybe they didn't, but like Christians are all over. It's, yep. <laughs> it's everywhere. So moving here, like, and having not been like super close to my faith at that point when we moved here, like mm. I didn't make it a priority initially. And then kind of just started going through that really rough patch um, through work and going through like depression. I would say it was just a very dark time. And I was like, all right, something has got to change. Like, this is not it. So my girlfriend and I, who's kind of getting into her first faith. We're kind of exploring that together, um, mm-hmm. which has been exciting. But we just tried like two or three churches. And I remember one of the churches we went to, he mentioned that like you are the minority in Denver, like as a Christian. And then I'm going to butcher like the statistics. So don't quote me on this one, but it was like 5% of people who are spiritual, like not even Christian. Like it's only 5% of Denver actually attends whatever religious religion they believe in like they go to that version of their church five percent so like not only are there like not a lot of christians or just spiritual people here the percentage of like basically five percent are who actually go to church and like not saying going to church changes things and makes you better or worse of a christian or whatever you believe in but five percent so like think of that like it's going to be very hard to meet people it's going to be very hard to connect and like find a men's group, et cetera. And it really, really was. But I ended up just looking up like 
I think top churches and Red Rocks is it. And I think it's just one of those churches, I think similar to a lot of the modern ones are like, what is it? Non-denominational where it's just, yeah. it's, it's funny, but there's always like this young, good looking pastor. Like it seems <laughs> like that's been the case. He wears like really cool clothes and like, you just feel like you just vibe and the music is great. The community is great. It just feels really young. And I just felt like, all right, this is it. Um, so we've kind of settled our, settled our camp there for now and like really enjoy it. And that's my men's group. They had like a website. That's kind of how I found this group, um, through the church. Um, yeah, we kind of just tried like two or three and then this one had, you know, that's caught our attention so far. It's been like four months now, I think. You know, what's cool. I was just thinking about this is although Colorado doesn't have necessarily a lot of people that practice their faith, I think that's also opportunity. So oh, yeah. you being someone who is actively now looking and searching to increase his faith. I mean, think about think about this one because there's another thing that that uh, Louis talked about at one point was, um, I think it was Louis. It might have been uh, um, um, oh, who's one in DC. Oh, I can't think of his name. Anyway, um, Passion City in DC. Um, ben Stewart. There, there we go. Ben Stewart. So they brought up how you can impact. I think it was like a thousand people, a thousand people's lives. And then that person can impact another thousand people. So just mm -hmm. by knowing one other person, you're indirectly impacting. It was like a million lives. I'm, I might be doing the yeah. math wrong, but yeah. So like a million lives, let's say um, you making the conscious decision to actively start searching harder for your faith and start practicing it more, I guess I should say can indirectly or directly lead to other people finding God as well. Did you ever think about that? I feel like I've heard a few messages on that. Like it might've been Emily Stanley at one point of just like how it can grow or like not even like mentioning that you're a Christian, but it's kind of like just being a good person, being nice or being generous, et cetera. Like the impact that can have, it's almost like compound interest. It just grows exponentially at that point. And I wouldn't say it's something that like I think about or like even have thought about much recently. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's something I feel like I did when I was in Atlanta. Like I volunteered and stuff a lot. I just tried to like be the best version of myself, but also just kind of like spread that throughout my community. Um, so I'm really hoping I can do the same here. Like I said, I'm kind of just getting my feet wet and joining a men's group. And I, I feel like the cool thing about Denver, like you said, there is a lot of opportunity. And like, yep. I think like, a while a lot of people aren't like Christian or even religious here, I think people are open-minded. Yes. So like, yeah, they might not like be a Christian or go to church, but they're not going to like hate on you or make you feel bad. Like even if they're atheists, like I feel like people here are just much more accepting of everything, which could be good or bad, but like, mm. you know, there's everything here. Like LGBTQ is a huge in this community. There's just, there's a lot of like mixing pots of religions and different personalities. It's almost like New York of the West, which just creates a lot of opportunity. I think to just have those type of conversations with people and, I've already started telling people, yeah, like, yeah, I go to this church. And yep. like, you get like, oh, like, just like an O or like, oh, that's cool. Like, you don't get that as often. But like, I don't feel like people kind of like push the idea down or anything. So, yeah, I'm not sure what it's like to spread the word here. I haven't tried that. I haven't gone knocking on doors. But like, would love the opportunity to like start bringing friends to church or inviting men to my men's group or something like that. I think there's a huge opportunity for that because 
honestly, like, I don't know. Other than people in my men's group, I don't know anyone else who's Christian here or like goes to church. So, and sorry, been here nine months, so that's that's saying a lot. <laughs> yeah. So two things come into my head. Um, first thing was I saw, an, dude, I saw an Instagram video where it was a dude and on his shirt he had like a, a tape and it said like Christian on it, and like he waved at, and there was like a girl or whatever and it, it she had a, a tape on her and it said like friend or something and he waved mm-hmm. and like she waved back but when she saw it, like he took his hand off of like his his chest so you could see what it said and when it said christian like she gave he gave her or she gave him like a weird look or whatever so he covered it up mm-hmm. and then it was like family and the same thing except like now he just start covering up and start waving with like one hand and then it was like girlfriend he would wave with one hand so we cover up the christian um and yeah. then at, at the end of it it was like the holy spirit and the holy spirit is looking at him and he's like um his both of his his arms were open and he's like, Oh, Hey, like I I am a Christian. Like I'm so happy to see you. Holy spirit was like, why were you rejecting me though? In front of all those different people. And he was like, well, I was ashamed because like, I was afraid Mm -hmm. of judging me. He's like, well, you're not supposed to do that. Like you should be embracing it. So I like what you were saying though, along the lines of even when I think about spreading the word of God, I don't necessarily think it's like, Hey, let me just knock on as many doors as possible and and ask them if if they know Christ or whatever. Um, Ben Stewart, I think, once again, uh, I clearly have favorites that I listen to, um, talked about how when he like first started like um like going to school to be to be a pastor, um, I think he like randomly went to like a restaurant or something and somehow he just randomly brought up like the word of God or whatever because uh I think that was like a homework assignment, let's say. Um yeah. and but he and he didn't think of anyone would actually like react to him in, in a positive way, but it ended up like he ended up converting like multiple people at that restaurant in order to God and like they want to hear what he was saying. And it was so funny too because when he's he basically said when he when he tried to make this like fancy articulate thing or whatever, they're like, no, we don't care about that. Just tell us the story mm-hmm. that he told them in the very beginning. And he's like, okay, I could tell you that basic story or whatever. And everybody was like zone in on it and i think just having that perspective of um like i'm not gonna be afraid of my faith and i'm gonna talk about my faith and if somebody wants to hear more about it, i'll be happy to to talk more about it but also like yeah it's not gonna bother me like dude there's just so much power in that like there's so much power in being like you know what i'm not afraid to talk about god yeah. anymore and it's it, something yeah. i think we we could all be better at like it's similar to you like i don't go out like with anything on my chest or like just pro- pronouncing to the world like i love jesus like that's just never been me yeah like i do my best to just be the best person i can you know working mm. with kids volunteering or just being a generally good human which i think is really important and i think that makes a difference but i think we are all called to you know be disciples and to you know spread the word as much as you can like i do feel like i could do better at that but like my approach has always been like I make it known what my faith is like yep. some way or another. Like I always do. And even same thing at work. Like I tell people I'm a Christian, you know, I'm in a Bible study. It's so cool. And just try and catch people's interest. And then like I never push my faith on people and I always kinda like position as like this is what works for me. Mm-hmm. Like if someone's an atheist or had a huge like a really bad experience in church, like I try not to be like, Oh, like it's God. God is the answer or like it's just so I don't know. That's just not me. I'm more like, Hey man, like, I want to let you know, like when I had a low place, like this is what worked. Yep. And regardless of what you believe in, I think you need to believe in something. Mm-hmm. This is what I believe in. And this is what works for me. I'm not saying that's the answer. And maybe that's the wrong way to do it. I don't know what <laughs> God, like 
wants us to be doing. Like maybe we should just be very blunt and like tell people what it is, but I don't know if that would work in Denver. We're on a lot like our generation, but I do make it known like I am a Christian. I'm like, like where my joy comes from, where my purpose comes from. I think like that's important. And I think when people hurt, hit certain low points or something in their life, like they remember those conversations. Um, that's kind of how I look at it. Absolutely. And you, you already mentioned a few different things in particular that kind of like, um, tied you back down to your faith and your roots. I'm curious if there was something in particular growing up, because you mentioned you had a roller coaster of different highs and lows when it came to your faith um, mm-hmm. and, and your religion. Was Is there anything that like really set apart, like there a particular instance where you're like, there, it, like there must be God? Hmm, man, I don't know. I would say I remember the day, like I grew up in church my whole life. Mm-hmm pretty much like off and on like my dad is like an ordained minister like went to school like was our youth pastor in church and I think through all of that like I still never really like accepted God like I mm. kind of just went to church I did the things went to Sunday school you know went to college and like like I said it was a really bad breakup and like I literally went to like my hometown church and I went to the altar like crying hands and knees again rock bottom you're noticing a theme here yeah and i was just like this is it god like i need you now more than ever Mm. and again like it was like right after that you know i found this amazing group in college and like i think it's when i finally committed to my faith and like made it priority but that was like probably the most vivid memory i have is just like literally crying knees at the altar of the church and like the guys like the pastor i grew up with my whole life just like praying for me in front of the whole church like he was like you know i don't know if you've seen it like you go to those bigger churches like this is a smaller church you know same people your whole life maybe 100 people mm-hmm. and like they always say like is there anyone in the room who wants prayer yep like come to the altar yep. kind of thing yep altar call and dude i, I could feel it my body was shaking like <sighs> i didn't want to go and yep. then all of a sudden i just remember i'm already halfway through the pews and like i'm going to the front and that's like my most vivid memory, I would say, of when I realized, like, the power I got to realize, like, I felt God's presence. I remember that, like, goosebumpy, yep. just, like, peacefulness of just, like, forgetting about the world and, like, my problems and just kind of giving it all to God. Like, that is my most vivid memory. That's uh, so powerful. That's so yeah. powerful. It's crazy, too, because I feel like when things when things are going great, it's so easy for people to like, just think like, Oh, it's cause I deserve this is cause I I'm doing so good. And, and, and all like praising themselves more than praising God. And then I feel like when, yeah. when good, when that good turns to bad, it puts us in those little spots yeah. like rock bottom, like how you were talking about. And I could think of multiple things, multiple situations where it happened to me as well. It's like, we turn to God, we turn to God, like God, please help us. And he yeah. does. And that's the crazy part. Like all, all things pass and like, it's crazy because like we should be praising him all the time through the good and the bad. And sometimes it takes, unfortunately, those bad situations where it just makes us remember like who matters more than anything. Like who, yeah. who could really do anything. Sucks. Like yeah. you wish you could like catch on to the pattern. It's like the same <laughs> thing. Like right now, dude, like I know I hate this. Maybe it's not. Maybe this is the time I finally stick it, my feet down and just stick the course. And like, I don't be away from God. But, like, it's likely, you know, I get in the groove and I things are just going well. And 
it's just like, oh, I don't need that as much. Like that's mm. my mindset. And then you don't pray one night and then it turns into two. And then yep. you pray that one night just to kind of get it in and fit it in. And then like you go a month without praying. And it's like, I don't know why we're like that. I don't know how to like change that. I do hope like the accountability, like a men's group and stuff like that kind of like puts a little more pressure on me to prioritize it. But I don't know why we do that, man. Absolutely. And like, I'm talking, it, it takes a low, like yep. a bad place for me, like hands on my knees or crying in my bed, asking God to basically fire me from my job because I'm going to quit. Like why it needs to come to that. I, I don't get it. <laughs> like, I, I don't know why I can't just be like a bad day. But yeah, I'm the same way, man. You know what it makes me think of when I hear you talk is like, we need to, we, we need to make it a habit. It's gotta be a discipline, like so ingrained yeah. in us that it becomes a habit. So every day or six times a week, I go to work out at the gym and I make sure yeah. that I go to work out. I need to be making sure that I pray every day, which I do. But the one thing I don't do is yeah. I don't make it a habit of reading scripture. And that's something that you said, yeah. like you're, you're trying to do every morning. Like that's a perfect yeah. opportunity to do that. So I got to figure out a way. Maybe it's after, maybe it's after I walk my dog out, my dog, my boxer, my, my baby boxer dudes. Yeah. He uh, wakes me up at seven 30 every single day on the dot. That's when he gets up. It's like, it's in his like internal clock. He's like, all right, seven 30. Yeah. I'm ready to get up. I'm like, all right. But after that, so I give him food after we take him out or I take him out. And then I, I like take a nap for 30 minutes before I, I start getting ready to to start the day at work. It's like, that's 30 minutes. And I already got a good yeah. night's sleep that I'm just wasting when I could be reading scripture, like how you were talking about. Yeah. I will say before I started reading these Christian books that like I finally got back on that track, I read my last book was Atomic Habits. Okay. And it kind of, it kind of like, I mean, I'm not going to go into it, but the book is about how to develop really good habits and like the mission behind it, why you're doing it, I think is really important. And like learning how to prioritize it and just methodologies of how to like set real habits and how long it takes and what to do if you like miss a day or something like that. Throughout that course, I realized, like, I wake up, I check Instagram for, like, 20 minutes before yep. I even get out of bed. Like, yep. why? I don't even care. Like, I've muted half the people that yep. I even follow. Like, I don't care about any of this. It's just, like, this mindless scroll at 6 in the morning. I'm laying in my bed. Or, like, it's just, like, why? So, I kind of, like, got in this routine. You know, I, I Cooper doesn't wake me up. I wake him up because I do to sleep for hours. <laughs> And, like, I take him to the bathroom, but before I do that, like, I, like, start my coffee. And mm. by the time I get back upstairs, like, my coffee's ready, and I just, like, sit down at the table and try and read. So I do it every day, no. But I would say I get it five out of seven days of the week. And That's like, great. I, I don't even read, like, so I really struggle to read the Bible, like, personally. Mm. I think being in a group where you're kind of, like, studying it together will help. Yep. But, like, I just read, like, faith-based books. And, like, one I'm reading now is, like, the real loop the ruthless elimination of hurry it's a christian book and it's just about like how hurried we all are but it has like christian practices and beliefs and it's like you don't always have to read like this is god and this is how to fix things like i'm reading like a self-help book that is like christian based and like that's just kind of what's helped me like i can't wake up and read the bible at 6 a.m like just like that like doesn't work like I just can't do it. Ex but I mean, everyone's got to find a way. Like you said, I mean, I go to the gym six times a week as well. Like, right. Why do I prioritize that? Why? Cause it makes me feel better. But like, so does reading. So exactly. does going to church. 
exactly but like we don't see it that way like i think a lot of it stems from like seeing reading as a chore and stuff too but like when you really like read and get into it and take time to to breathe and reflect on like what you're reading i think that's when it'll be helpful but like if you're just trying to read the bible to like check the box like you might as well not even read it 100%. and i think that's kind of what changed like making it a habit to like sit down read my coffee not check my phone i usually leave it in my bedroom and then just go from there it's working for me now can't say it'll last forever but no i love that uh one thing and i'm not i'm not going to blame uh satan on this but it it, there's there's a saying like satan like his goal is to like keep you busy it's not to make you i think it was satan's goal isn't to make you hey guys keep you busy it's keep you preoccupied so you're not searching god Yeah, um, like the, that's exactly like almost how the book I I'm reading starts. Really, but you should check it out. Yeah, Ooh. I mean the whole book. It's it's called it's from John Mark Comer. Okay. Um, it's called the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. But like one of the first lines in the book after like the four <laughs> is basically like the devil just keep, tries to keep you busy. Like, yep. Yep. Or like an idle mind is like the devil's workshop. Like if you like don't have a lot going on, then you're just like in your head. So like. Yep. You've got to like prioritize it. Like you have to be in the word. You have to be reading because even if you're not busy, if you're just alone with your thoughts, which is the scariest place for me to be. Yes. Not a good place. So like you have to read, you have to get to church. You have to like prioritize it or else like being busy is not good for you, but neither is doing nothing. Doing nothing. You're just going to scroll Instagram, you know, have lustful thoughts or see people with more money and start worrying about that. And it's just like, no, neither neither option works. Like you have to prioritize your faith. All right, I'm definitely gonna check that book out. All right, Zach, what is what is uh, what is in the works for you? So you're starting a new job right now. You're you're doing this yep. this this Bible study um, with this men's Bible study, which is awesome because that's fellowship right there. Um, it, it, your next three months, let's say, like what what is your goal that that you want to either continue to do or you want to start doing? Other than getting really good at fly fishing, um, <laughs> I have to think about it. I actually, ironically, I had my interview today with Big Brother, Big Sisters. So oh, perfect! I'm going to be doing that again here in Denver, so that's pretty exciting. I think it just comes down to like prioritizing my faith, but also just kind of learning to to be content, which like sounds mm. like a really weird goal. It's not like a goal, but it's just like something I feel like I'm not very good at, and I. Yep. I feel like this summer is going to be a really good opportunity to just like go camping, go hiking and just enjoy my life. For, like, I was going to say that. Just enjoy life. Just like stop worrying about buying the next rental property or yep. I don't know. Just like just always go, go, go. Like stop worrying about getting better at something or more money, like whatever it is for anyone. And it's just like, just enjoy this, like enjoy the summer. Like enjoy being in Colorado and hiking or going fly fishing and just like be in the moment, which yep. is super cliche, but oh, dude. for someone who has never been able to do that, like to prioritize that and make it like a mission and a goal to like be happy with my life with where it is now. Like that's kind of my focus, honestly. And that's, you know, why I picked up fly fishing, you know, why I'm doing big brothers and big sisters again, mm-hmm. like, do the things that I know I'm going to enjoy versus like reading another real estate book or listening to only real estate podcasts and just like putting more and more pressure on myself. So yeah, I would say mine is just being content, you know, eliminating hurry from my life and just 
yeah, enjoying this summer, I think is the goal. I love that dude, because I feel like, I feel like you and me are similar too, in the sense of like, we always want to continue leveling up. It's like, we're, we're never yeah. satisfied. And we always want to figure out what we can be doing in order to be bettering ourselves. But sometimes counter, it's not even counterintuitive. It's just like, uh, sometimes what we need more than anything in order to maybe even continue leveling up is to just fully embrace where we are in our current season in life. And I think there's so much power in you act, like identifying that and saying, you know what, this is what's best for me right now. This is what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm just going to fully embrace living my life today. Yeah. And it's like, I think it's like I said, I mean, getting laid off is just like style eye-opening because like i remember you and i talked i think maybe on the phone and just yep. see a text of like as soon as i got laid off i'm like all right i'm gonna go maybe i'm gonna start this business i'm yep. gonna yep. get on a podcast i'm gonna start yep. trying to be like a social media influencer and like teach people about money and it was just like uh, two days after getting laid off i'm like go 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 yep. it's like boom you did it's like dude you you were just complaining about working 70 hours a week <laughs> being miserable and now yeah. you finally get like this six months of your life to not even work and get paid and do nothing. Yep. <laughs> and all you can think about is it's working more. How are you going to make more money and work? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, dude, like chill out. <gasps> oh, so like man. it took that. And like, that was like a month after getting laid off. I was just all gung ho about like starting my own company and doing all these things. And then like, I don't know what clicked. Maybe it was like one of these, like I went on this really cool hike by myself and was just like, Oh, oh that's so nice. cool. And, Those are cool. But it's like, yeah, I, I feel like that kind of like set the tone and the direction for kind of how I'm feeling now and what my goal is for the next few months. Zach, I'm going to be pulling for you, dude. I can't wait to hear an update on, on everything that we're talking about right now. Uh, thank you so much for being on this, dude. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure, man. It's, it's been too long for us to catch up. You're looking to hear some stories about Doom and how fatherhood is going for you but I'm, I'm very happy for you and the dog and just love what you're doing with this podcast it's, it's inspiring but it's not something i need to do because i'm focused on just being present in the moment but i i just i think what you're doing is awesome it's inspiring and i hope i can do something similar or at least continue spreading the word the way that you are man it's awesome thank you bro i appreciate it